We believe women bring a unique goodness and light to the world, and my next guests agree. So they believe that ordinary women have the power to accomplish extraordinary things, and they collected the proof and made it into a book. So authors of the book, She Did, Emily Cushing and Becky Hood join me. Welcome to Studio 5, you guys. Thank you. All right, so Emily, we, you know, women doing amazing, inspirational things. What was the inspiration for the book? Well, all of the women in the book are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I was listening to a general conference talk and I heard one about the founder of the primary organization and another about a nurse who had sailed on the Titanic. And I thought, these are amazing women who have sacrificed and shown love and service to those around them. And there's got to be more stories like this out there. And so I wanted to find them and put them in book form to share them. So you're inspired by one or two stories and then you found, I'm sure, more than you even expected yes, to exactly. find. That's so fun. And Becky, so there is uh, in the book something you wrote. Most of the women in this book didn't realize at the time that their actions would have such a significant impact on others. Likewise, there are countless women whose seemingly ordinary actions have extraordinary influence on those around them. So why did you feel important to note that? One of our major purposes was to have all women feel like they matter and to never underestimate the daily actions they do that influence other people for good. And a lot of times when we think of prominent members of the church, we think of people who are in leadership positions or people who've been responsible for systemic change. But a lot of times people can't really relate to that and they think, well, that's not my life. And so many of the women featured in this book they saw problems in their immediate families, among loved ones, at church, in their congregations, and they had no idea how their acts of change could cast such a ripple effect on the whole world. And those stories are our stories, and I don't think people realize that the same thing happens to them. Oh, I love, I love that perspective. And I like how we're going to group these together. So we're going to start with some of these stories. Mm -hmm. And one of them is the one that is about the woman who helped. So she helped, tell me that story. So it's the person I um, talked about before. She was on the Titanic. Her name is Irene Corbett. And she was, um, she lived in Provo in the early 1900s. She was a talented nurse and doctors saw the difference that she was making there. And so they encouraged her to go to London to uh, further her nursing training. This was really hard for Irene though because she had three young children, but she gave a lot of thought and prayer to this. And in the end, she decided to go. And her parents, they mortgaged their farm so that they could pay for her tuition and also her travel. And once there, Irene, she did amazing. She graduated at the top of her class and she learned these skills to bring back to the people in Provo because at the time, the infant uh, mortality rate there was really high. So she was really trying to help her community, but she wanted to get back quickly after six months. She wanted to get back quickly to her family. And um, so she booked on this brand new ocean liner, the Titanic. Wow. And 96% um, of the women who were in second, were second class passengers like Irene survived. Irene did not. Uh, I, I spoke with, I interviewed her 86-year-old grandson and her family, although there's no way to know, but her family speculates that the reason why Irene didn't get on a lifeboat was because of her personality and because of her medical training. They speculate that she stayed on the ship to help the injured people there. Of so. course, with her training. Mm -hmm. What a great story. Okay, what about the woman who volunteered, Becky? Can you tell us that story? Yes, and this is one of my favorite stories, and she's also named Becky Douglas. And uh, 
she told a story of how her daughter Amber, her daughter completed suicide when she was in college and understandably the family was devastated. And as Becky went to her daughter's dorm room to gather up her belongings, she noticed that her daughter had been making donations to an orphanage in India. And so when they organized the funeral for Amber, in lieu of flowers, they asked for more donations. And they were able to gather so much money that the board in India, they asked Becky to be a part of it. And so she traveled to India, but she also noticed all of these people in the middle of the streets of Chennai. And they were begging, and they also had leprosy. And she was so shocked because she thought, like, leprosy is from biblical times. Mm -hmm. She didn't realize it was still a thing. And so she felt so inspired to help these people that she gathered a group of friends and they started Rising Star Outreach. And it was an organization intended to help the people with leprosy. So she helps provide them with education. They got them antibiotics so that they could be cured of leprosy. And they were also able to give them micro loans so they could start businesses. And all of those efforts to create this incredible organization it started from like a tragedy and it started from the efforts of her dear daughter who was trying to make a difference in the world. Wow, these stories are so amazing. Okay, we have another one about the woman who inspired. Yes, and the, she's probably the most well-known woman in the book. Her name is Chieko Okazaki and she was born um, in in 1926 in Hawaii to humble plantation um, workers and um, she's of Japanese descent. And so two important things happened to Chieko when she was 15. One is she was baptized a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And the second is that Japan um, bombed Pearl Harbor. And she was living there in Hawaii. And when this happened, her family was terrified of what this meant for them as Japanese Americans. So she and her mother, they feverishly gathered all of their Japanese possessions, fans and pictures and books, and they lit a big bonfire and they burned them. And um, Chieko says that after the fire died down and she went and looked in the mirror, that what she saw looking back at her was a Japanese girl. And no matter what she did, she was always going to be Japanese. And so at that point, she decided that she was going to help build bridges between cultures and races and religions. And that's really what she ended up doing throughout her life. She was an elementary school teacher and principal, and she served on the church's um, general auxiliary boards, all three of them. And she really made a difference. She felt like diversity was a strength and that it shouldn't be a division among people. Oh, I love, I'm half Japanese, so I always like, she was my, she was my gal. Okay. I loved her, so thank you for telling that story. Mm -hmm. What about the woman who defended? This was Amelia Haji, and she was actually the first woman that I interviewed. And uh, she is from Ghana, and she told the story of how she joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. She was staying with her cousin in Accra, and he wanted her to get in contact with the missionaries. And she thought, oh, you know, I, I haven't had the best experiences with religion. And so every time the missionaries would come, she would conveniently find a place to hide. And so it was a game of hide and seek with the missionaries. And they were so persistent that eventually she started meeting with them and she felt the spirit so strongly as they were able to have these meetings. And so eventually she became baptized and she was actually offered a job by the church and she was able to work in the mission home. At that time, there was a lot of turmoil in the government. And so the government felt very threatened by the church as well as Jehovah's Witnesses. And so they ordered a freeze where nobody could come into the country. They wanted all the missionaries out. Some people were even imprisoned. And a lot of these soldiers ordered people out of the mission home 
And Amelia, who's very stubborn, she says, no, I'm going to stay. And if I die defending my faith, then I die. And so the soldiers came in and they said, you are a stubborn woman, what are you doing here? And she said, I'm here because of you. They needed to use a telex machine to be able to communicate with Salt Lake City. And she was the only one in the office who knew how to use that machine. And so she stayed there. She provided those means of communication. She was able to defend the faith. And eventually when the freeze was lifted, she just talks about how this experience really strengthened her faith and it strengthened the faith of those around her. Wow, and, what an yeah. amazing story. If people want to read more, we have there are many more stories. Where can people find your book? Um, they can find it at Desert Book, also Siegel Book, and Amazon. Okay. Sold. Hey, thank you, Emily and Becky, so much for sharing those stories. Thank, thank you, you for having us. It.